0: You're listening to In The Loop with Oxwash, a podcast where we talk to industry experts about the latest sustainability developments that you need to know about.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Carla and I'm going to be taking over In The Loop with Oxwash today. So I am 22 years old, I'm in my final year of university studying economics And my job title is Growth Executive at Oxwash. And what I do is I split my time fairly 50-50 between marketing, growth, PR strategy, and also financials, whereby I do invoicing, also manage some B2B client relationships, and most recently, I'm taking the lead on a financial modelling project for a very exciting new project we've got in the pipeline now. And um, today I shall be speaking to Kyle, as you all know, CEO and founder of Oxwash, and also Penn, shall I let you introduce yourself?
0: Absolutely, (laughs) go on Penn, dive Uh, in my friend.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Kylo. thank you, Kyla. Yeah, I'm um, responsible for basically managing and building our um, business customer base. Um, So for our audience, um, if they're not familiar, we serve both individuals and businesses um of of all shapes and sizes, you know, labs, Airbnbs, schools, colleges, gyms, the full shebang. So I'm uh yeah, responsible for kind of that side of the coin. Um yeah.
1: Yeah, so Penn is the head of sales and I thought we could dive straight in into how you and I both joined Oxwash, how we met. Kyle and
2: Tom, and just a bit about that. Pen, would you like to go first? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. Brother. Um, so, I guess my my story, um, not a very interesting one, starts back in uh, whilst I was at uni. I think during kind of the tail end of my time at uni, I'd um, started to develop a bit of an interest in entrepreneurship and startups and business, um, whilst also growing pretty kind of disillusioned with my degree. I was very kind of sick of um, sitting in lectures, seminars, reading papers, um, writing essays, essentially bored of the theory. And I really wanted to get my uh, teeth sunk into something more more practical. So I, um, I basically reached out to all the entrepreneurs that I knew vaguely well or knew of, um, one of which was obviously Kyle, given he's a bit of a big cheese in Oxford, obviously, yeah. Ex scientist, Oxford engineer, um, and obviously, you know, the ubiquity of the bikes. Oxwash is a bit of a um, household name in Oxford, and obviously, I, I live in Oxford too. Um, so, I reached out to Kyle to ask to go for just a pint. I'd no, I'd, I'd literally no intention of getting a job um, or working for Oxwash. I, like I said, I just wanted to get a practical insight into uh, launching a business and scaling a business. Um, in fact, I just remember this morning. I also wanted to uh, use Kyle and use his, you pick his brains to see if one of my many one of my ridiculous business ideas was um, kind of uh, kind of valid. Um, I'm going I'm going off a bit of a tangent here, but that business idea was to essentially implement a network of miniature wind turbines in the tube and other kind of underground rail line systems, uh, based on the idea that tubes and trains. Um, underground generate all this kind of kinetic energy that in some ridiculous way you could harness but anyway that's going off topic i spoke spoke to kyle obviously went for a pint he gave me the whole spiel i was super inspired inspired i've literally never like smiled so much cycling back home um i didn't stop going on about oxwash to my family when i got back and asked kyle if um had any kind of work for me to do and i essentially i start i think i started working the next day or kind of the next few weeks after that and the rest is History, I guess.
0: Amen. Best pint you ever had, right, Ben? <laughs> yeah.
2: Where well, was it? Turf, turf and Tavern, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. I remember sat underneath a very old, crumbling wall in Oxford, thinking this young man is not going travelling. He is joining the Oxwash family, and he's going to be a rock star. And uh, one of my one of my few bets that paid off. So yeah. I'm very very excited. You
2: completely <laughs> derailed my plans. <laughs>
1: I remember, so for me, I being on the committee of my university entrepreneur society, we scheduled a talk with Oxwash to come speak to some students at Brooks and Tom and Kyle came and did a pitch essentially and just gave us the spiel for who Oxwash is and what the mission was and I remember being so impressed sat there writing down a list of a million questions and thought wow these are two really cool guys and I really really resonate with their mission so I remember I picked your brains afterwards you guys had to stay for quite a while afterwards answering many many questions I remember um and I remember thinking at the time you know do I put myself out there should I just ask for work experience and then I thought you know why the hell not if you don't put yourself out there nothing will happen so I remember asking you look can I come shadow you can I come do work experience and you loosely agreed I remember <laughs> <laughs> because uh definitely um and so I remember just pestering you on LinkedIn uh you didn't reply for a while <laughs> and I kept pestering I think One of my favourite quotes from pen and Sales nowadays is, persistence beats resistance. Not (laughs) for for any life situation, I might add. But um, yeah, so you finally came back to me. And actually during this time, I remember you had your launch party. And Mm. I, why not? I'll go on my own, just put myself in front of them maybe they'll remember me maybe it'll increase my chances of getting said work experience and I like to think that it did (laughs) um so yeah that's how I joined I did my one week work experience and then you and Tom very kindly offered me a more permanent position and I've been here since January 2020 now coming up to 13 months I think
0: Absolutely. And I must say, I remember when we did the pitch at Oxford Brooks, um, and I was sat at the very front fielding questions and it was your hand that just kept shooting up. And eventually we were like kicked out of the lecture hall into uh, the kind of reception room and the questions kept coming. And I was like, ah, here we go. A tenacious ox washer in the making, just like Penn, had, had to get on board. Um, and, yeah, I, I think this is a really key point, actually, to. Our listeners is is that kind of grit and determination to just go at something from the other side you know where i was super busy running the business you know trying to grow the team but you know make sure that our growth and product market fit was on track to have somebody and people in the case of Penn and carla that show um, gumption and really just put their neck on the line sticks out you know you get a lot of linkedin messages all the time but they typically just go under under the bridge, so to speak. But when you get a few of them from the same person, and then that person's turned up at your launch party or uh, across the table having a pint, it just makes that event stick. And you're like, right, okay, let's move on this. And I think you're, you're both incredibly good at that, just being very determined um, to make things happen, which I think a lot of people nowadays tend to shy away from, but it's really, really important to get over that and just put yourself out there because you have nothing to lose.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And because I do think it is a bit of a rarity um, to have two key members of the Oxwash team being, you know, somewhat young and to be frank, less experienced than your typical hire. So I think my question would be, do you think that because you started Oxwash as a student at Oxford, you know, we all know the story, you were frustrated with your college laundry. Started up Oxwash. Um, do you think that this has made you more open to hire younger?
0: Mm, absolutely. I think that when I first started the business, you know, I was surrounded by lots of older academics that were incredibly powerful individuals in their field, and you know, respected enormously for their careers to date. And I, I, I still, you know, learn a lot from from those kind of key leaders. And kind of mentors from my past. But I think what I learned pretty early on, and you're right, is that being a student gives you freedom to be creative, to take risks, to, you know, indulge in things that you'd otherwise not be able to when perhaps you've got other commitments later in life. And I think that really carries over into your work ethic, you know, just getting stuck in with it, trying things, if it fails, it doesn't matter so much, you know, not being super worried about every single a bit of output that you create. I mean, Oxwash's team has a huge range of of people, um, but in terms of age, backgrounds, experience, and I think that what we're very good at is cohesively binding all different backgrounds together, but what we find our younger team members, you know, Carla and Penn on the call uh, included, bring is that real energy, hype, buzz, and when people are potentially feeling a little bit low and need a pickup, you know, they're there to to really be the culture drivers but equally at the same time I think as a student you, you're you're in that zone to sponge up knowledge to be able to acquire new skills to be malleable is a word some people use to describe kind of younger team members which I think only goes so far to say that you're you know able to sponge up knowledge I don't think malleable should ever be used in terms of you know you're easy to control or be dictated to I think that's a, that's a negative that some people derive from that term but actually I think it's really really important to be open to new things and new ideas as a student but equally running the business you know you don't know everything and bringing people with younger fresher points of view with the next generation's look on the world is super important in my opinion.
1: Mm, I agree and that actually reminds me from a point in first year where I just had so much free time on my hands I think I had at this point exhausted Netflix. And I just thought that there must be something else. I was itching to do something. And I thought, you know, we have, uni students have so much free time to do something. It's such a waste to not take full advantage of that, to, you know, upskill, um, learn a language, work at a startup. <laughs> so, yeah, I completely agree. And I do think that, you know, Penn, you and I both are in an, an extremely fortunate position to be in employment considering the current labour market climate Um, but arguably that is a bit of stigma about entering a startup as opposed to a say more traditional graduate role at our age. Um, So what I think would you consider the main benefits for for a startup and can you tell us a bit about your experience generally?
2: Yeah absolutely I think it's um, a good Good question, and something I'm quite passionate about. So I will try and keep it short. Um, yeah, stigma. I think maybe more more ignorance. I think there's just like a lack of awareness of the startup path um, and, and what that entails, and how much fun it is. And um, yeah, I think I think the stigma is starting to fizzle out. As um, I'm getting the impression, grads are starting to prioritize um, kind of purpose over profit and pounds. Um, you know, historically, there's definitely been that pressure there to, um, you know, prioritize job security, financial security, um, from you know families, friends, society. In fact, I think the biggest influence, and I I studied a bit, this quite a lot at uni. I think the biggest influence is actually the the education system. The educate the Western education system isn't designed to produce entrepreneurs. It's it, it it's, it's um, essentially kind of cultivates conformity and it could sort of um yeah context conformity and gets you to just follow instructions you know it doesn't it doesn't cultivate that kind of creativity or or lateral thinking or kind of innovation it doesn't encourage you to take risks um but i think at you know at a young age you're you know you you, you don't have any well generally speaking you don't really have any serious respons- responsibilities no kind of family no no mortgage um no, no kids whatever um so I think you know now. Now is the time to take that risk, and maybe launch your own thing or join a startup. Um, in in exchange for an incredible education, which is which is actually quite a nice segue into your second question, which is what are the benefits of working for a startup? Um, I think you know there's many benefits, and I could I could chew your ear off, but I think the main one is is the education, and there's lots of there's lots of layers to that. I think one is that you know a startup resources are limited so you're you're forced to wear you have to wear many different hats and you hear this quite a lot and in, in kind of startup world is you do lots of many different jobs so for me personally i remember at the start you know i dabble with um, you know, social marketing campaigns that are obviously nowhere near as kind of sophisticated and, uh, and as impressive as they are now. <laughs> Thanks to you, Carla. Um, yeah, kind of social marketing stuff, financial models, market research, market entry strategy, kind of sales, um, operations. I'd still, i get involved on, on the bikes and on the laundering. Um, and I think that's great at a young age. I almost considered it like an extension of uni because, you um, You know, I think you want your first job to be well-rounded because you you don't, you can't, like, school and university is so theoretical, you can't possibly know what you want to do in life. So I think Mm -hmm. it is important that your first job is is well-rounded and you're doing lots of different things. You know, I see some of my kind of contemporaries that pursue the corporate path and um, they get quite kind of siloed off early on, which is dangerous because you can end up spending your whole life doing something that you perhaps weren't meant to do or whatever. Um, On top of that, because resources are limited, you get full ownership so um, with sales for me for example I remember at the start I would kind of reach out to a customer maybe like a small cafe um, I'd hopefully try to get win that account if I if I would win it I would probably go out and do the first delivery and then I might even help out with with the laundering um, so you get you, like you said you get kind of that full ownership whereas at a more established company particularly in sales you might only um, you know generate leads or you might just book meetings or you might just close so not only do you get to dabble with multiple divisions, but you get full kind of exposure within a division as well, if you want. Um, sorry if I'm rambling. I guess the the other thing is that with startups, nothing's set in stone. You've got to build the processes yourself from scratch with little to no assistance. Um, so you, you really learn by doing, and you actually learn how to learn. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Yeah. the education in a nutshell.
1: (laughs) I completely agree. I think the upskilling that you have at a startup and, you know, the broadness of what you're learning is so unparalleled. It's an experience you won't get anywhere else. And I like the fact that every decision I make, I can see its impact really clearly, Um, as well as that, you know, there's so much freedom and fluidity. You know, I came in because I noticed that, you know, the socials, they were great, but they could have done with some improvement. And that was my way in. And as I joined, I said, look, I'm also interested in this. Actually, I want to take more of a finance route. And that's been completely, um, you know, taken into account. And I, you just don't get that fluidity in, uh, you know, a more corporate job. Actually, um, one of my highlights was even doing a pitch to investors, Um that, that was, I think, a, a great milestone in my Oxford <laughs> career. But I, I, yeah, it taught me so much about public speaking. You know, I wrote notes afterwards about, OK, that didn't go so well, but this did, for example. And it was just a great learning point um, for me. And so another thing that I wanted to touch upon was that every day, I don't know if you are seeing this as well, Um But I'm seeing more and more frequently on LinkedIn and Facebook communities that I'm a member of, these posts that have a real sense of growing frustration directed towards the job market. I remember one post in particular that really stood out to me. was an instance of a company advertising an entry-level internship, unpaid, may I add. That required three years of experience. Bit of a contradiction right there, but that to me just seems like you know this company may be wildly undervaluing experienced talent they don't actually want an entry level um entry level person so I guess what what would you say to young people who are feeling somewhat disheartened and demoralized who are actively seeking employment
0: Mm, yeah I mean it's horrible to hear stories about you know those kind of standards required for jobs I mean it's questionable as to whether it's lawful to have an unpaid internship in the <laughs> first instance. And it's certainly not in the spirit of an internship to, to have such a high level of you know, acumen before you start. I mean, the way I see this is I often find internships that are um, you know placed on websites and there are inter- internship programs and things that are formalized and can be circumvented very easily by going in through side channels. You know, I mean, we're on the call with with Penn, who's a real LinkedIn aficionado. And I mean, it is the best way to get, you know, in touch with people who you otherwise wouldn't have, you know, it's really taking that mingling situation that you might have at a conference and, and throwing it online, but allowing you to directly connect with the person that you perhaps want to work with, want to learn from. And my advice would be to really just stick your nose into somebody's business and say, hey, look, I'm really interested in what you're doing, the way you're doing it, and I think I could contribute, or you know, if not at the very beginning, I think I'll learn fast enough that I'll be contributing very quickly after, after joining the team. And I think that you'll find that that will rebound very, very quickly into um, people saying, hey, sure, that sounds great, because often the structures of internship programs and things like that are really catered at just thinning a herd of people And what really stands out for people at the other side who are accepting interns or or selecting the people they want to intern with is people that come at things in a uh, slightly unorthodox way and Mm. perhaps are coming through channels that they, they wouldn't assume they would. That would be my advice. It may work for some people, might not for others. I think, you know, startups specifically love that. They absolutely love. To see that you can network in reverse, because really being a startup in the very early days when you're raising funding and trying to make your name for yourself and find product market fit, networking is a great skill. And if you can see an intern coming inbound, that's like killing it and just, you know, coming through LinkedIn or other channels, then you're more likely to say, hey, I want that person on my side of the fence networking outwards. Um, So that would be my my advice.
2: Yeah, I think just just to add to that. I, I completely agree, Carl. I think before um before I stumbled across Oxwash, what I would do, and I know what others have done to some success as well, is is I would I would just advise grads to identify a business that they are that kind of seems compatible with them, um, maybe in terms of kind of their vision, their culture, their team, the team, the business model. Reach out, or, or sorry, connect with all the um, team members on LinkedIn um reach out to a select few and kind of lightly massage their their ego and just say you're super you know passionate about their the business and, and the vision and you'd love to just jump on a call or, or meet for a coffee and kind of pick their brains and, and don't ask for a job you've got to you've got, you kind of build the rapport first and then you go in for the kill <laughs> um that 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 worked quite well that worked quite well for me and um yeah might could, could work for others
0: yeah, that's a great point, Pen. I mean, there's the adage when you're raising funding that you ask for advice, not money, and then you get money, not advice. But I think that's it's cool. almost similar in, in trying to get a job, right? You ask for advice rather than employment, and then you end up with both, which yeah. is great. That's yeah,
1: it. I think my... I'd say I have two pieces of advice. The first one, actually, I received from a friend who she did her year in industry in recruitment and we were chatting about it the other day and she said you know it's fine to have gaps in employment you know you can't expect to finish uni and then immediately um, go into a job and she said it's almost expected you know with with the current economic climate but what isn't really acceptable is to have gaps whereby you have nothing to show for it you know if you're looking for jobs alone fine but that's not that doesn't give you a competitive edge you know As I've said before, you know, you could be learning a language, learning to code. You could be doing qualifications and courses. She said, you know, it's really not impressive to just be searching for jobs. Well, there's so many other people who are doing so, so much more. Um, And if you're not doing that, you're just frankly not keeping up. Um, And then, uh, on top of that, I think yeah you just have to have a relentless self-confidence you can't let yourself get demoralized you know the second you start doubting yourself and what you can achieve and what you want you're already losing um you know for every every second you're having doubts someone else is doing better things someone else is making the steps that you should have been doing um which is you know quite an objective view and easier said than done of course but you know it's just you really do have to be quite objective about the whole thing um the whole yeah. process I think and it's so important that you don't compare yourself to your peers and other people that you know I know um him one of our friends applied to over 85 jobs before he secured his but then I also have a friend who um applied to 12 which is quite impressive but also a bit of an anomaly and you know these are two completely different parts and if friend a had stopped at 50 jobs he wouldn't have gotten his dream once so you yeah, mm. have to keep going at it i think would be my advice
2: yeah definitely i would also add that for those that are getting disheartened and demoralized i would assume that they're, they're they're targeting kind of corporates and more established companies because They obviously require much kind of lengthier application processes, and they're getting frustrated because they're putting in a lot of work and getting nothing out of it. So, to those people, I would urge you to consider the startup and elude all the pains and frustrations of rigid old school application process. I think with you, Carl, I'm not even sure whether I sent you my CV. It was (laughs) never there, and kind of it was very never seen it.
0: Didn't need it. (laughs) Um, So yeah
1: lovely i would just like to finish up with a quote that i saw in harvard business review earlier on um from uh, rebecca knight um she wrote an article called when to take a chance on an imperfect job candidate not that young people are imperfect i think we're pretty perfect um <laughs> but the quote is to businesses this is aimed aimed to uh, to hiring um Focus on a candidate's potential for growth and capacity to learn. Skills are more easily acquirable, which I certainly resonate with because I feel like if someone asks me to do something, I will just find a way to learn it and then do it. You know, I I will never be in a situation where someone asks me to do something and I just put my hands up and say, no, don't know how, you know. Mm. So I think that's a nice takeaway. (laughs)
0: absolutely thank Thank you so much for organizing carla and i think the listeners all have uh, learnt a few tidbits let's hope
1: just on a side note if you are interested in working at oxwash please do reach out and send us your cv to info at oxwash.com that's info i n f o at oxwash.com thank you so much for listening and have a great day